This week on Right Now, what is the state teaching your children about sex? Former actor and political activist Lawrence Fox found out and it didn't make for very pleasant reading. Lawrence joins us to talk about his brand new documentary, Groomed. To watch the full episode, including all our guests, please click on to iconic.com to start a free seven-day trial. First up tonight is a former actor famous for, among other roles, playing D.I. Hathaway in the hit UK crime series, Lewis. But in the last couple of years, the focus has been on Lawrence Fox's opinions rather than his film and TV characters. For daring to speak his mind about subjects that woke culture deems off the table, Lawrence has been shunned and cancelled by the industry in which he made his name. But if not acting, then activism. Fox launched the Reclaim Party here in the UK in a bid to reclaim some of the sanity in our daily lives in the face of a growing 2 plus 2 equals 485 view of the world. Last week, Lawrence released the film Groomed, which took a look inside the schooling system to uncover just what our kids are being taught, and it's truly, truly eye-opening. Here's the trailer. Not so long ago, our children went to school to be educated, not indoctrinated. However, unbeknownst to many parents, our children's education has become riddled with unproven, unscientific, radical sexual identity politics. Each and every parent, if they go into their school and they ask to see the PSHE or the trans inclusion across the curriculum, they will find their schools to be evasive. Critical theory, gender theory, critical race theory, queer theory, all of these really, really contested ideologies are being shoveled down kids' throats through PSHE, RSE, citizenship. These kids will become little activists for their progressive causes. Ooh is saying children are sexual from birth? Who? Who is saying children can masturbate from birth? I have no idea why you want drag queens to read books to your children. I have no idea. Would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child? Lawrence, welcome to Right Now. I, I put groomed on my uh, desk and within a couple of minutes I was surrounded by colleagues here all with their jaws on the floor with what they were hearing. What, what led you to, to make the film? Um, hi, and thanks for having me on, Gareth. Um, I, um, I, I was sat about a few months ago at, uh, at night and I said to my eldest son, um, give us a hug before bed, uh, which is fairly standard for us. And he went, no, you need my consent. Uh, and I said, what? I said, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, you, you know, I can't give you a hug unless I, you ask for my consent. And I went, who's teaching you that? And he said, oh, they te teach it to us at school. So I emailed the school and I said, um, I explained the problem. And I said, you, he doesn't seem to understand what consent means. Consent is, um, is something else uh, in terms of like invading people's personal space, stranger danger, that sort of thing. And um, you know, obviously not going near people's primary and secondary sexual organs, touching them and things like that. And they said, oh, no, we don't teach that till year nine. And I said, well, you can take it from me that both of my children have known that for quite a long time. And uh, it's not really in the business of the school to teach a child about consent. That's the job of the parent. Um, the school were actually very good. The, my eldest son's school. And they said, yeah, we've had loads of problems because now the kids are saying they don't consent to having broccoli and various things. <laughs> at lunch. But... Um, then I thought, right, this is interesting. Um, what is this PHSE class, personal health, social, economic class and relationship sex education? 
class. So I then emailed my other son's school and went to meet the uh, them because he's ten, and I said, "What are you? Um, what are the lesson plans and RSE plans for my son?" Uh, to which I got a sort of very wishy-washy response, but then they finally released them to me, which is things like, amongst all the madness, like we're all going to burn up in some climate Armageddon and all of that sort of stuff, which they try and ram down kids' necks anyway, was this uh, was in there a few things like that your uh, gender identity may not match the uh, sex you were assigned at birth, which is a, a ridiculous oxymoron itself, and uh, concepts things like white privilege and the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I thought, hang on a minute, schools have stopped being places where kids learn the three R's, writing, reading, and arithmetic, and have started to become indoct communist indoctrination factories, essentially. And um, so I thought, right, I'm going to uh, provide a resource for parents to realize what's going on, which I did, and I'm glad I did. And um, yeah, as you say, people's jaws hit the floor because we just don't expect it. You expect kids to go to school and, and just make friends, play football, have a laugh, learn what they need to learn and leave. But no, they're being indoctrinated. I must admit, around where I live, when you go past primary schools and stuff, there's always like Ukraine flags all around them and stuff. So schools being sort of a political thing, it was kind of, that was in my head anyway. I kind of, yeah, I know that. But watching this film, I mean, there was one takeaway that I w was the teaching masturbation to four-year-olds. My head exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Wales, there's a there's a judicial review underway about that, and um, what they do is you just bring it in very, very gently from the sides, and you think, oh, this is quite kind of healthy. Four year olds don't need to know about masturbation; they really, really don't. The, it, it, this is perversion. It's it's not. It's it's that the, the hypersexualization of children is about the most disgusting thing that this uh, woke movement has come up with. And what's so ironic is that in the same um, PHSE. Uh, syllabus they're taught they're teaching kids about how to spot fgm and you know and and how terrible that is and yet on the one hand they're saying fgm is really bad uh, when done by uh, uh muslim families but when done by white middle class liberals to their children who want to you know get on the grievance uh, olympics by you know dismembering themselves and giving themselves lifelong health conditions then it's fine and it just seems utterly utterly morally abhorrent to me with with the the sexualization of kids it's, it's clearly a conscious thing it's clearly being done on purpose what what do you think that the the kind of the mindset is behind that and, and the end goal of it deprive a child of its innocence to uh, have, have take away the value of the family where the parents teach the children what is and isn't appropriate sexually into and morally so uh, the great wisdoms that get passed down from generation to generation to generation the these ideologues who will never get voted for no one would ever vote for them in a in a, in a general election certainly none of these views they've just infiltrated our institutions and it's to destroy childhood innocence it's to it's to pre-program them to be sexually promiscuous to to think that any sort of values that you know we hold on in the way that we respect and treat each other are meaningless because the world is meaningless to these people they don't know what the the, the woke ideology doesn't have an end it just has means and the means are getting more and more and more and more vile actually as they go on do you, do you think most people you know disagree with this kind of stuff and, and therefore, you know, the, the, it's just a case of that they actually don't know what's going on. So, so in terms of what parents can do to kind of try and turn this tide is actually, is it is just awareness of it? 
Yeah, I think that's the beginning. Um, secondly, we're, we're about to come out with some resources for parents who can, uh, alongside the video, uh, some letters, uh, letter templates that they can send to their school to ask, and they'll find that their schools, certain schools will be very, very um, difficult to make contact with and uh, evasive when they're asked. And um, I think, yeah, you draw awareness. And then, you know, but we've seen in the paper this morning, just by you know, maybe it's a total accident and Miriam Cates has been doing some good work, but the papers are full of it this morning. So I, I, I think that providing this documentary, which is now had, I mean, I think we've got upwards of, we've literally just opened our YouTube channel and we've had upwards of 70,000 views on that and several hundred thousand views on, on our Facebook page that parents have, have, have really phoned up and started getting stressed about it. And the Tory government uh, have got to get on top of this because it's, it's anti-British. I, um, I, last week, uh, my, my daughter's four, which is why, again, I think that whole kind of masturbation thing, that kind of blew my mind because she's, she's, a, she's still a baby, really. Do you know what I mean? She's just a big, slightly bigger one. Um, but she's supposed to be starting school in September. Now, you know, I don't really want her in school, if I'm honest, but she wants to go. Her cousins go to school. She's, she's proper sociable. And so, you know, we went for a few days last week to kind of see how she would get on and she loved it, whatever. And obviously I watched that film um, of yours and then I was looking then with that in mind at the parents and this is an old mining village and I was thinking there is no chance these people are having this like if they're aware of it, that they just won't have it, no way. Mm. Well, it's, what's interesting is that I, um, uh, as you know, you, you were saying earlier, all of these um, Slava Ukraini flags and, you know, I support the current thing that, that, that goes on as we switch over from COVID panic to uh, Ukraine panic. The my local the my youngest son's parents WhatsApp group is full of Ukraine cake sales and Ukraine Ukraine Ukraine. But when I put the documentary in it, I was told that this was entirely inappropriate. So there are there is a band of uh, very wealthy white liberals in the main who think that this stuff is totally acceptable. But also in the it, it, the problem is look the words diversity, equity, and inclusion, and gender identity, and and body positivity, and all this stuff. It sounds nice, doesn't it? Right up until you realise what it actually is hiding, which is something much much more sinister. Because really the objective here is to say it, you can't transition properly from a woman to a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy. Not that you ever could at all because it's just uh, a complete nonsense but you what they're pushing towards is getting this earlier and earlier and earlier so they're getting kids prepubescent and um you know providing them with puberty blockers and I, i've seen a kid uh dressed as a girl at 10 and you're thinking that's going to be a really uh, you're you're, pe the, you're you're suffering from parent uh, child abuse from your parents because how do you roll back from that as a as a boy who's who says right i think i want to be a girl you've grown your hair long you're walking around in a dress what's your next step your next step is what a big mere culpa sorry guys i was just experimenting uh, and i want to go back to being a boy no it's like next step is puberty blockers then it's transition it's a pathway that's caused by this absolutely morally repellent idea that um of the idea of that it's something called gender exists it doesn't there's no such thing as gender there's uh, there's temperament there's not gender and then and then there's biological sex and we were warned actually jordan peterson did warn us that the next thing they would come after was biology after compelled speech and here we are and and you know i think next is religion actually which is which is a major worry what do you think of the kind of tribalism of, of opinion? 
So, for instance, like with, with your film, you would think someone, or anyone really, a parent watching that would think, this is outrageous. And maybe these people kind of feel that internally, like internally there's something wrong here, but, but Lawrence Fox produced this film, so I've got to either ignore it or slate it because he, he's basically not on my football team, not on my political football team. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the media have done, a, uh, have done a, a decent job on me to say that, you know, I'm sort of Hitler mainly. I think that's what they sort of have me down as. And it's the death by a thousand cuts. But I've got a, a Russian friend who I was speaking to the other day. <coughs> and he said, um, he said, oh, Lawrence, it's lovely to uh, hear your voice speak to you because all I ever see is uh, in the papers is this, this you are evil, you are evil. And it makes me so happy because in Soviet Union, all of the people that were trying to make good, they are also, they say in the newspapers how dreadful, how Satan they are. So, you know, essentially he said, we're living in the USSR here. Um, I think people are totally entitled to to have a view on the documentary. I think they should probably, in life generally, I think we should separate out politics from from everything. So if someone refuses to watch it because it's made by me, then you go and allow your kid to be indoctrinated. It's your free will and your free choice. Exactly. In, in terms of the acting, because you did a cracking Russian voice then, you, you play Hunter Biden in an upcoming film about the Biden family. H how did that come about? How was it for you to play hum Hunter Biden and, and when and where can we see that? Um, uh, well, I've just been asked for my availability uh, for the end of uh, last two weeks of July in the first week of August to promote it. But obviously, because I haven't had the... Um, mRNA stuff, I I can't go to America, I don't think, um, unless there's another way of going. So I, it, I think they're aiming for, to, to, for it to come before the midterms to remind America that um, the family in charge are essentially a gangster family, as far as I can tell. And the movie is, is, is the movie's actually really not that political. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of gangster comedy, really. Um, and it came about because every single actor in it is cancelled was cancelled and removed. You've got Gina Carano, who very bravely stood up and pointed out about, um, you know, what was going on with vax mandates and lockdowns. And she was removed from Disney's The Mandalorian. You've got me, you've got some sort of John James. You've, you've got people that have just said what they think and expressed themselves freely in it. So it's not so much that I get to return to acting. It's more I, I was granted a sabbatical from my own cancellation. I must admit, when I see your name trending um, on Twitter, and obviously Twitter isn't real life anyway, it's just people shouting um, with a caps lock on, but I, I kind of, when I see you trending, and also now I've noticed if I see Neil Oliver trending, if I click on it, it's just an absolute tirade of abuse. And I always think, you know, what, what happened to, you know, never again, be kind and all that sort of stuff. Did you ever miss the old days? Just, just yeah. you know, when you see that? I, I, I miss the old days because... I miss being well known. I mean, I don't like being well known. I'm really well known now. So I um, can't go anywhere without someone coming up to me. And 99% of the time, it's thank you so much for what you do and say, because we all think it, we're just all scared that we're going to lose our jobs if we say it, which is essentially what communism is. Um, but weirdly, I had a negative experience the other day with Neil Oliver. 
So I was sat with Neil Oliver in a bar because uh, we meet sometimes when he comes down to London after his show. And um, this guy came over and started giving me grief. He went, it's awful what you're doing. And I went, hello, my name's Lawrence Fox. How are you? And he started really laying into me. And Neil Oliver, who's not a very tall man, he's quite diminutive. He stood up and he went, get out of his face. No. <laughs> and he literally just fronted up this guy who's a young sportsman. He was a cricketer. And but what you couldn't talk to the guy, you couldn't reason with him. He had no interest in anything other than to judge you. I don't read uh, really many of the Twitter responses because they're often not constructed arguments. They're just like as m as much horrible abuse as someone can summon in in a sentence. No one goes, "I disagree with you because of A, B, and C." They're just very, very offensive and rude. But you d you say t Twitter isn't the real world, but more and more now, journalism's a dying uh, profession. So a lot of journalists are taking their stories from Twitter. So yeah. Twitter has a much bigger impact on society, I think, than people give it credit for. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me to say that about Neil Oliver, actually. He's a, he's a, a lovely guy. And, and, you know, you and, and him are basically saying what most people are thinking that just, like you say, don't have the guts to say it. And, and you know, that makes you a target, you know, I guess, you know, because people are, they, they fear you, because otherwise they just ignore you. Exactly. They, they, they definitely are scared of what, of, of what we have to say. I mean, we, we have a concerted daily uh, mission to have every single bank account. Well, not every single bank account. We've only got one at the moment uh, to have that closed down. We have, um, you know, we're constantly unendingly reported. Uh, we have, we've created, we're living in a sludge of administration. We're not allowed to take donations. So it's very difficult for us to stand candidates in areas. We've got to think really carefully about that. So there is a concerted effort to silence us, and I take that as a great compliment. Absolutely. It means you're over the target. Thank you so much for talking to us, Lawrence. I know like, you're a massively busy man, so I'm, it's a privilege for me to talk to you. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege for me to talk to you. You keep up the good fight as well. You always do, and I'm proud of you for that. Thank you.